I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Football's Family Podcast. And as we're recording this, it's just about a, a couple days left in 2023. So I hope everybody has had a, a pretty good year. If not, then you have a couple days to get uh, to look forward to next year. And hopefully next year, 2024, will be even better. I've got a special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Harv Aronson. Um, I'm also on the Sports History Network, and I have a podcast called Total Sports Recall. And uh, we basically cover all sports, uh, interviews, and then topics, mostly from history. But uh, no sport is is left unattended on my on my podcast. Well, Harv, I'm looking in the back, and I like to to look in the back of people's houses on zoom you know their rooms on zoom and i noticed two things i can't tell the the one right over your right shoulder but he has the picture of muhammad ali i believe that's over uh it's it's the punch where he's standing over and i cannot remember the person he he knocked out in that one sunny liston sunny liston that's what yes i remember that and then, sunny you, and then you have the terrible towel so are you a are you a pittsburgh native uh absolutely i was born and raised in pittsburgh and that terrible tile that you're looking at that uh, actually was given to me by a friend who was at one of the super bowls so it's it's quite old because that was uh one of the 1970s super bowls but i've held on to it ever since uh it is an original myron cope tired uh terrible towel i actually have one of those as well maybe not a super bowl one but i have one that it, if you look at it now the lettering is falling off of it it's it's uh it's it's what we call classic. Uh, when you get to be in your forties, you're no longer old. You're classic, and I I resent people who call us old. It's classic, please. Thank you. Well, if you're old, then I am much older because I'll be sixty five next year. Well, there you go. You're classic. <laughs> exactly. My, my father. And I was won. lucky. At go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I was lucky and fortunate enough to grow up in the 70s, which in Pittsburgh was one of the best eras to ever grow up in because uh, we had four Super Bowl champions, two World Series champions. Uh, it was it was quite a time. Now, my father-in-law was a native uh, Pennsylvanian, I believe, in the Pittsburgh area. He he told me the city, but I I don't know geography in Pitts in in Phil or Pennsylvania. But I have one from him, and actually over my shoulder right here. I have a Pittsburgh mini helmet, which doesn't fit in the rest of my helmets, which are better, maybe not Super Bowl better, but just look better. Not this yeah, year, I especially. Not this year. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, these guys have made me sick. That's all I can say about that. Oh, no, Tennessee. Yeah. Hey, don't feel bad. Uh, us Stewart fans are struggling right now, so uh, hopefully – we found a quarterback that'll do a little better than Kenny Pickett, so we'll find out tomorrow. You struggling? You got more than five wins. Don't tell me about struggling. <laughs> no, Harv, tell me. Yeah, well, Jeremy, we we lost three in a row that we should not have lost. I still think this season is going to come down to the Ravens and the 49ers, and it's not. Uh, don't give the 49ers grief for what happened. The Ravens are the better team, but they'll probably meet again in the Super Bowl and probably be different. I agree. But tell me, Harv, about yourself and about you. You told me a little bit about your background in the 70s. And I remember seeing a picture recently with Terry Bradshaw and I think it was Willie 
my mind went blank. It's eight o'clock in the morning here, and I'm not functioning. Willie Stargell. They're at a yeah. uh, They're at uh, a, an iron or a steel mill. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, Pittsburgh is obviously a steel city. Um, you know, and back in the day, we were the biggest producers of steel, and the, that industry kind of died in the 1980s. Um, but yeah, we're known as the steel town. Um, basically that is where our logo came from. Those three colors on the helmet represent the, uh, minerals and the materials that make up steel. So that's where that came from. And it's funny because the actual, um, idea for that came from Cleveland, one of our biggest rivals, um, because Cleveland was also big in steel. So that's where steel city came from. Uh, and yeah, you probably have seen that photograph. Um, and you know, which it's basically, where Pittsburgh got its original reputation is as the Steel City. I, when I was growing up, we had a, they're the NFL huddle or cuddles. I don't know if you remember them. They're the, they, they were the like artists or the cartoons representing the mascots. And I remember getting this giant quilt. I wish I still had it because it was awesome, but it had the logos on it. And it had the the cuddles. It was like the the overgrown mascots. And I remember looking at it. I was like, "Who is this? The Steelers?" You know, growing up, I didn't know we mm. we didn't have NFL in Tennessee. We didn't. And I asked my mom. It's like, mm -hmm. do they steal stuff? She's like, No, Jeremy, they don't steal stuff. It's, <laughs> it's steal. Oh, it's like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, uh, we we. We had <clears throat> Tennessee had the volunteers. That was our that was our closest thing to the NFL. Mm -hmm. When the Titans came, mm -hmm. it's it's still not going to supplant the volunteers because they've only been here for mm -hmm. like twenty five years. Uh, you on sure. the other hand have had the Steelers for several years. I mean, we're talking way back in the day, nineteen thirty three. Yes, with the nineteen thirty three, with the Roonies, mm -hmm. and that that became who you are. And it's funny to me, Harvey, and I, and I want to get to your show here in a minute, but I, I want to see if this is true. Sure. There's two distinct parts to, to Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia part and the Pittsburgh part, two distinct worlds. One's a little bit more Correct. than the other. Is that, am I just imagining that or is that something that's real? Well, well, yeah, we're on opposite ends of the state. So if you go all the way west, you're going to hit Pittsburgh. If you go all the way east, you're going to hit Philadelphia. Uh, and, and there's definitely um, a dislike between the two cities. Uh, and they're miles apart. It would take you eight hours almost to get from one side to the other. Um, and obviously, on the Philadelphia side, you've got the Eagles fans. On our side, you've got the Steelers fans. And in between, uh, it's a toss-up. Uh, some will like the Eagles. Also, some are like the like the Steelers, like because Lancaster's in the middle of the state. Of course, you got Penn State in the middle, and then you've got University of Pittsburgh, and they used to be bitter, bitter rivals. That's that's neat to me. I didn't realize how big Pennsylvania was. Tennessee's about six or seven hours oh, yeah. from from tip to tip. I didn't realize it was that big. Mm -hmm. Is that something yeah. that uh, is still a huge rivalry up there? The the Eagles and the Steelers. Yeah, I think they get along a little better now. I mean, they don't play each other that often. Um, but the interesting thing is that many of your listeners may not know, Steeler fans will know it, but in 1943, uh, because of the World War II shortage of players, the Philadelphia Eagles and Pittsburgh Steelers combined forces and for one season became the Steagles. Eagles, and yeah. you'll, actually, 
Yep. And they actually have shirts that you can buy that say Steagles on it. Um, and they weren't a bad team either. They almost made the playoffs, actually. That again, that's that's hilarious to me. But you have to make do due to man shortage due to the war. You just do. Now, mm -hmm. tell us. I could talk about this for, for hours, but like I told told you earlier, Zoom does not want me to do that. So tell me about your show. Okay, so Total Sports Recall. Um, originally, I'm a sports historian. I love history, sports history, um, and I'm a writer uh, also, as well as doing a being a podcaster. Um, I minored in journalism in college. I've been writing since high school, so it's a long time. That's you know from 1975 since I've been writing sports, but. I um, had started out with a YouTube channel and it was sports history. Remembered I was going to focus on sports history and that my wife suggested, yeah, you should do a podcast. You know, everybody's doing podcasts. So I came up with the idea, but I wanted to change the name because I don't want to just do sports history. That's going to be the focus of it, but I want to cover other topics as well. Um, and it, uh, my byline is with the Pittsburgh twist, because obviously we'll have Pittsburgh topics. And I also call it sports from a different angle. And what I mean by that is I don't want to just cover the major sports, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, et cetera. You know, I want to cover any kind of sport I can find. So I actually have a guest coming on that went to school with me at Slippery Rock State College, then now Slippery Rock University. And he was a champion wrestler. He may be coming on. So we'll be covering a, a different array of topics. Um, and then I just try to get interviews. Um, and as you mentioned, Tennessee, Jeremy, uh, actually one of my very first guests was former Steelers punter Craig Colquitt from Tennessee. Oh, yeah. University Colquitt. of Tennessee. Him and uh, Dustin. Still, yeah. still, yep. Yep. Still lives in Tennessee. And he was one of my very first guests. And he and I used to exchange emails way back. And so I contacted him this year and he came back on my show. And that is listed under my podcast. For anybody who wants to go back and listen to that, that episode. Uh, but great guy. Um, and he and I still exchange texts and he's actually talking about getting Dustin and his other son, Britton, both who yeah. had played in the NFL on together on one of my shows when the season ends. He said it would be the first time the three of them have ever been interviewed on one show. Uh, so if that happens, that'll be very cool. All of them have won a Super Bowl. So that's the other interesting twist about that. But, yeah, I try to cover uh, any sport possible and uh, array of guests and topics. Uh, I went and found this. Uh, have you gotten to talk to Steve Massey? Not yet. Okay. If you can get him. I, he is, I know of that podcast, yeah. Yeah, if you can get him. He wrote a book about the 1947 uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Fantastic mm -hmm. guest. It would be right down your your alley. He he was He's a very neat dude and very good book. Uh, I like how you blend. It, it's you do a little bit more, well, you do a lot more blending about the history than I do, but I love talking with people and, and from just the, the tech or the emails that we've been sending and just talking to you, you got a very good personality. So that probably makes it a lot easier uh, for people to open up. And, well, I appreciate that. No, I no problem. No problem. I, what? Yeah. I've always you, tried to be a people person. So, well, well it, it's hard to do because I, I read somewhere. It's like, I try to be a people person, but there's way too much people out there to be personable. So it's hard to do. It's hard to do. What is it that uh, that drew you into football? And this is a football podcast, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. What drew you into football? Was it your your dad yeah. or your grandfather? 
Uh, it's interesting you say that. So, yeah, it is. My father plays a little bit of a part of that. Um, when I was 12 years old in 1971, that's when my sports venture actually started. And I owe that credit to Roberto Clemente. And I always oh, say yeah. that because my father was watching the 1971 World Series and I walked into his room. He was watching the game. And I just happened to come in just as Roberto Clemente was coming to the plate. He had a home run that was a difference in the game. Um, and then I was like, wow, this is great. You know, and Roberto became my instant boyhood idol. Uh, still my favorite player all time. Um, and then the following year, you know, I started watching the Steelers. Uh, and obviously 1972, as everybody knows, was the year of the Immaculate Reception. Uh, Franco Harris, uh, because of the blackout rule back then, you weren't allowed to watch a game at your own city if they didn't sell out. That game did not sell out, so I had to listen to it on the radio. Uh, but ever since then, I've been following football and uh, became, a you know, obviously a Steelers and Pirates diehard. I watched the Penguins a little bit. Um, but uh, I got drawn into football that way, and I used to have my own website called Steelers Hotline. I would write about the Steelers. Um, and here's a real interesting thing. I won't get into too much detail because it could go, it could be a longer story. But in 2001, uh, it actually started in 95. Visa ran an award called the Visa Hall of Fans Award. And you would write an essay on why you should represent your team in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And they chose one player, um, one fan, I'm sorry, one fan from every team to represent their team in the Hall of Fame. Well, I won for the Steelers in 2001. Oh, wow. um, very cool. I was uh, invited that, yeah, invited down to uh, Heinz Field. They gave me a plaque at the 50-yard line before the game, and they actually put your plaque on display in the Hall of Fame for one year until the next winner was represented. And uh, in that process, invited to the Hall of Fame the following year to meet all the other winners, past and present. Uh, and it was very cool experience because I got to meet guys like Big Dog from uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, some of the, the um, Hoggets from the Redskins were there. A very famous fan in Denver, Barrelman, who uh, unfortunately passed since then, uh, was there. I got to meet Barrelman. Um, tons of fans. And, and it was such a great camaraderie among fans. No hatred among teams. We just all got along, partied together. It was so much fun. Um, and after that, 2012, I actually wrote a book about all the fans that won that award, it's still available. It's called Pro Football's Most Passionate Fans. It's on Amazon and other places. And it's just bios of all these famous football fans. Barrel Man is more of a fan than I would ever be. <laughs> oh, my God. Old there his, in Denver. Story, he had actually gone to – he went to Denver. Uh, somebody dared him to go into the game wearing a beer barrel, a cowboy hat and cowboy boots, and nothing else. So he was naked underneath. No. He took the challenge, no. went in, and was such a smash. No, that's yeah. – that, that's It was such a smash hit that – Yeah. <laughs> so they gave him a season ticket from that point forward, and he was an icon in, in Denver. Um, another guy I know, Big Nasty down in Tampa, is also another big icon in Tampa, Florida. Um, and you may have seen him on TV. And Weird Wolf out in Kansas City, somebody else yeah. I know. Yeah, I know that thing. Titans have a, a, a spider Spider Man guy that comes. And I cannot remember his name right off the top of my head, but uh, he he walks around like that, and that's pretty cool. I respect that. Now, for Barrel Man, I'm just worried about frostbite in certain areas that you just don't want to talk about. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and I don't think you sit. Yeah, uh, when you meet this guy, if you would have got the chance to meet guy, he he passed away years ago. 
ago, but when I met him, one of the nicest, most down-to-earth people you'd ever want to meet. He was such a super nice human being. Um, so it was very sad that he, I forget what he died from, but it was an illness. And so uh, he died young, but uh, he left behind one hell of a legacy. That's awesome. That's awesome. And to be, to be the fan of the year for your team had been an honor and humbling at the same time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was on cloud nine and standing at the 50 yard line at my city in front of people. I know there was people on the stands that knew who I was. And, uh, and actually when I went to return to my seat after they gave me the plaque and I'm waving the terrible towel and this big guy stands up in front of me, he says, Hey, I'm Charles Davis. I played for the Steelers in 1974 and won a Super Bowl with him. I just wanted to congratulate you. I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So I asked him if I could take a picture with him, and that was a pretty neat experience for sure. Uh, but then to know that you were in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I mean, that, that's something special. Were you? Uh, did you go up there during the year to see your plaque just to walk by and say, hey? That's oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. That's why I was saying that the following year, I thought that was it. That was my 15 minutes of fame. But one of the other winners had contacted me and said, hey, listen, we have a reunion every year during the regular Hall of Fame inductions, and you're invited to come up and join us. And that's when I met Barrel Man and Big Dog um, and uh, so many others. And uh, we all just hung out. We were in a parade. They actually have a parade every year. Um, I believe they might even call it the 12th Man Parade. I can't remember. But it's called the Hoover day parade and uh the hall of fame inductees are in that parade and then we had a float for the fans and we were in a parade so it was a really cool experience how far are you from canton now i'm far <laughs> i'm in jacksonville florida so i'm way down south from canton but at the time i was actually living in new york when i won the award so it was not a far drive from new york to pittsburgh it's about eight hours um, so it did not take me long to get down there, but they gave me a, a field level seat. Uh, when I went out to get my plaque, Jerome Bettis was standing a few, way, a few feet away from me. The president of PNC Bank is the one that presented the award. It was on the Jumbotron. Uh, it was really a memorable experience, one I can never forget. You, uh, you're talking about growing up in the 70s, watching it. You had the moment, probably the Immaculate Reception was the moment that kind of cemented your love of the Steelers in it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing that actually turned the Steelers around because they had never made the playoffs up to that point. 1933 till 1972, they had never been in the playoffs. Uh, so that was our first entry. And that kind of kickstarted our dynasty of the 70s. Um, Steelers will always be considered one of the best teams of the 70s, if not all time, four Super Bowls in six years some of the greatest players ever to play the game so many of them in the hall of fame see this is what this is about the Steelers in the 70s that really get me you your quarterback with Terry Bradshaw was not the greatest quarterback of all time he was an amazing quarterback but if you put him up he's not up there with Dan Marino and John Elway and Tom Brady not he's not but he fits so well with that team and that I don't think any other quarterback would have been good for y'all he fits so well with them. Well, I saw something on Twitter yesterday. Somebody put up there. He said, yeah, and I agree with you. He's not one of the greatest. I wouldn't even put him in the top 10. But when it comes down to clutch performances, playoffs yeah. and Super Bowls, somebody somebody put something up on Twitter yesterday. His numbers for the four Super Bowls he won are incredible. His quarterback rating is like almost perfect. Uh, so many touchdowns, so many yards. When it came to the Super Bowl, he was one of the best ever. And that's that's what makes the difference to me 
I'm not so much concerned about the numbers during the regular season. It's 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 the clutch part. Like he is clutch. Like Tom Brady is clutch, and that says something. John Elway, my, one of my favorite players of all time, uh, was not for the first little bit. He was in the last two Super Bowls, uh, but. Terry Bradshaw did it for four years or for four Super Bowls. And that's just amazing to me. And that, that to me shows the type of uh, play that you grew up with. Cause you had, I mean, I'm looking at that, uh, that the drafts that y'all had from 1969 on to get where you are. Free agency was not a big deal. So it was all in-house mm -hmm. that tells you, you had a, an amazing uh, coach, obviously. And then you had an amazing front office and a and an owner that stayed out of it. Mm -hmm. And Bill Nunn was one of our longtime yes. scouts. They knew what they were doing, and they would find talent deep down into the draft. Not somebody was considered first, second rounders, but they would go deep into the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds and find talent down there. Um, and then, of course, you have Donnie Shell, who's just recently put in the Hall of Fame, was not even drafted. Uh, and became one of the best safeties and special teams players ever. So Stewart had a knack for finding talent. Uh, and it was amazing that some of the players they came up with and how far down they dropped in the drafts that nobody else found them. And 1974 is obviously the greatest draft ever. Uh, it's hard to argue that one because you had John Stallworth, Lynn Swan, Mike Webster, and Jack Lambert all in one draft, all in the Hall of Fame. Crazy. You'll never see that again. Jack Lambert's one of the scariest human beings I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> my my favorite player. My yeah, favorite player. Ask you, he is, I was going to ask you who your favorite player was. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I have several favorites. He's right there at the top of the list. Heinz Ward is another one of my favorites. Uh, he was a throwback, and unfortunately, he did not get voted into the Hall of Fame this year. He's he's getting kind of getting screwed, I think, on that deal because he belongs there. Um, I heard somebody saying something about yesterday about numbers. He doesn't have the numbers, and he's only known as a blocker. That's not true. He holds many Pittsburgh Steelers receiving records, and my argument is always if Lynn Swan and John Stallworth in the Hall of Fame, they may have won more Super Bowls than Hines, but Hines has the better numbers. He belongs there. Yeah. Great player. I, I looked at – John Stallworth to me is is not the issue. He, to me, was a better all-around receiver than Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan was very highlight – driven although he was a good receiver i'm not saying he wasn't but if you're going by pure numbers Hans ward hands down it's a different league oh, yeah. to get it's, it i always love to tell everybody go back to youtube and google Hines ward keith rivers and this is where Hines came up with a saying you have to have your head on a swivel because keith rivers running a play and wasn't watching and Hines ward just absolutely blasted him into the next world broke his jaw one yeah. of the hardest hits you'll ever see. But that's the way Heinz Ward played the game, and that's why I loved him because he was just played hard, blocked hard, uh, always smiling. You, know, you won't find a guy that smiled as much as Heinz Ward. I was telling my daughter about Ed McCaffrey. I remember Ed McCaffrey. Of course, he originally played for the Giants, but then mm -hmm. he made his name with the Broncos. Was not the flashiest receiver. Was one of the better receivers I've ever seen. But he hit – with a force of a of a of a blunt object, to me the closest connection that I could find, or closest you know mm -hmm. the, the comparison is Heinz Ward. Uh, if you have a receiver who yeah. is undersized, Heinz Ward was not a big guy. Is not a big guy. 
but who could hit like that? Mm -mm. Good night. Nope. I remember that yeah, Steelers... Charles Johnson was another Steelers receiver we had. Uh, Charles Johnson was also a, a very good blocker when we had him as a receiver. And you don't see that now. <laughs> you don't see that now. You don't see a lot of receivers wanting to block. No. Uh, there are some. There mm -hmm. are some. Uh, but if you you don't sell out for the run anymore, you don't. And and uh, we have we had a couple of receivers here in Tennessee that would do that, but it's not very. Harvey, I'm getting to the point where 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 like I told you, Zoom is telling me. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions sure. real quick. Okay, number one, where can we find you on mm -hmm. Twitter or on uh, on podcasting? Okay, I appreciate you allowing me to do that. You can go to. Um, any one of the main uh, podcast outlets, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, um, Amazon, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, uh, and uh, of course, I launched from Captivate. Uh, any one of those, you can find my uh, podcasts. They're all there. I've done 15 interviews, so they're, they're all listed. Terry Hanratty was on my show, Craig Colquitt, among many others. Uh, on fantastic, Twitter, um, fantastic. My Twitter handle. Yeah. And they are a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, my Twitter handle is um, at TSRHarv59. That's T-S-R-H-A-R-V 59. And, of course, I've got all my podcasts on my YouTube channel, among other videos I put together. And you can just go to YouTube and search for Total Sports Recall. And then I have a website, totalsportsrecall.com. And anybody that wants to reach me by email, it can do so at totalsportsrecall at gmail.com. If you would send me that. I will put them all in the show notes. Uh, Absolutely. I will, I, would. I will do that. And if you can send me that as, as soon as you can, I'll put them in the show notes today and they will be out. Uh, Arv, your podcast is, is down to earth and I really appreciate that. You're a genuine guy. You're a very neat guy to talk to and to communicate. Very patient because I think it took us maybe three or four weeks to, to get together, but it just, it life, life happens. Um, like I said, you're a neat guy, and I'm glad that you are part of our, our network here, and I'm glad that you're on the show. Uh, I appreciate all those kind words, um, and I love being part of Sports History Network. Uh, I've only been doing the podcast since September. Uh, the numbers are pretty good, so I'm looking forward to a great 2024. Hopefully, uh, get some more guests um, on, interesting guests, and then I'll have an array of topics. I do a podcast every single weekend. So if anybody wants to check it out, there will be one posted every weekend. Tomorrow I'm doing a special about events uh, that took place on New Year's Eve, going back only from the 1970s. So that's going to be an interesting right. little podcast. And see if you could find, like I said, you will be blessed. Talk to Steve Massey, and uh, it'll be right down your alley as well. I will definitely look him up. I appreciate that, Jeremy. And thanks for having me on. No problem. No problem, guys. Have a great New Year. Uh you, Harv, have a great new year. My best to your family, if you would. Uh, I was down in the Florida area and passed through Jacksonville uh, recently, and I still don't know how y'all deal with the water. I just don't know how you do it. <laughs> My daughter's like, Dad, something's wrong with the water. I'm like, no, there's nothing wrong with the water. It's just how it works here. Yeah, I don't know if you're talking about drinking water, but we use bottled water, so we don't Oh, we <laughs> got drink the Jacksonville. It's just funny, and I know we're kind of – running short but I'll, I'll finish with this so we go down to orlando christmas this year was small up here in tennessee but we went to disney world it's like this is your christmas girls just be happy and they were they were 
Uh, but they got mm -hmm. in the shower and said, something's wrong with the water. We smell awful. I'm like, it's, it's the oh, water. No. It's water. It's just what it is. It's just what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're ever back down in the Jacksonville area, Jeremy, you surely let me know. They don't want me back down there because my Titan stuff, they, <laughs> they don't want it. After the 99-yard touchdown run that Derrick Henry did on them, they're not really happy with me coming down there. Well, if you don't mind, one real fast story. The Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars have lost five out of seven games. The last time we played them this year, they desecrated the terrible towel. They disrespected it. And there's a curse to the terrible towel. Believe it. If you do something to the terrible towel, something bad will happen to you. Yeah. Since that game, Jaguars have lost five out of seven. Yeah, the Titans did so that. So go too. terrible towel. Titans did that too. So yeah, I, I remember that. All right. Bengals did it once too, and they paid the price. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Football's Family Podcast. Thank you, Har, for being on. Thank you.